0: You did it again. Once again, you are allowing me to interrupt your regularly scheduled afternoon, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on tonight. Go ahead and drop a comment in the room. Let us know where you're from, if this is your first time, if this is your sixth time joining us for this particular Try Me series. We wanna hear you. You guys have been showing out, and listen, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to screenshot, like right now, or in the midst of this message, screenshot and tag us on IG at Redefined TV at Jerry Flowers Jr. We want to see where you are watching this message. You guys have been having watch parties and sharing, and I believe this particular message, I want you to share this with a friend because I believe it has deliverance on it. Tonight's message, I believe, is going to be absolutely awesome. It blessed me in my study time. Anytime a message blesses me, I know that it is going to bless you. I believe this particular message and my assignment and my job, to the best of my capability, and of course, to the empowering of the Holy Spirit, is to provide clarity. If you've ever asked this question, God, why? What are you doing? And what's the point of this? If you ever felt as though, you know what, if God enrolls me in a class and I don't like it, I could just drop it and choose another elective. This particular message is coming for your life because just because we don't like it doesn't mean that God is not using it. You have been given the power to rebuke demons, witches, warlocks, but you cannot rebuke that which God is using as surgery. And we have to get our lives and our hearts in such an alignment with God and surrender to the will of God, so much so to where we can make the hard decisions. Sometimes that's going to require for us to make a decision that hurts our heart but heals our soul. And sometimes I think we're caught up and we feel like so attached to things and it hurts us so much. It's because we're attaching ourselves to things that are temporary, and then we're wondering why we're having mood swings. (laughs) Look. Has anything ever hit your life and it just left you shook? And I believe the reason we can't surrender is because we're control freaks. Anybody watching this, you control freaks? This is my struggle. You like to control the outcome. You want to control the results. You want to control what's going to happen. You want to control your day. You want to control the plans. If there's anything that 2020 has taught me, it is this simple truth. Man plans, God decides. (laughs) man, plans, God decides. I had so many things I planned on doing this year and there were so many things I, I think that you have planned on doing this year. But look, at the end of the day, God decides. And I'm not belittling anything that we went through, but there's a question that I want to ask you. What has this taught you about your level of surrender? What has this taught you about your level of surrender? We're in our Try Me series. This is part six. We dealt with Try Trust. We dealt with try patience. We dealt with try kingdom language for part three and four. Last week we dealt with try resting. I'm tired of this. On tonight, I just feel led to speak from this topic. I'm shook. And let's talk about try surrender. Are y'all ready for this on tonight? All right, so let's go to the word Luke chapter 22, the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 22, we're just going to read two verses. Verse 31 and 32, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Our verse of consideration, and where we're going to park and unpack for the time that we have together on tonight takes residence and verse 32. But I have prayed for you that your faith would fail not. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this hour. I thank you that you let this be a perspective message. All the study means nothing if you aren't seen, magnified, and glorified. Have your way in this place, and everybody who agrees with that prayer will just shout in the room, amen. And the way you shout is all caps, amen. Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. See, the, the puzzling part about this text to me is not when Jesus says, "Strengthen your brethren. I get that. I'm my brother's keeper. Iron sharpens iron. I increase your roar, you increase my roar. I got your back. And you got my back. I push you into spiritual maturity, and you push me into spiritual maturity. If we're going to fight, we're going to fight to win. Because God has not empowered us to lose. We have been empowered to win. And I'm not okay with losing fights that I have been given the oil to win. See, the dangerous thing with hanging with losers is that they will convince you that losing is okay. This is not okay when God has given us the power, the grace, the might, and the oil to win in this area. I need people in my life who will help me fight, and if we're going to fight, we're going to win. Can I get somebody to say a real one? A real one. You know that you have a real brother and a real sister when you win and they celebrate like they won. Yeah, that's when it's real. You have a real one when even though you got the raise, they're celebrating like they got the raise too. That, that's when you have a real one. A real one is when something hurts your heart and they'll provide you a shoulder versus provide you a judgment. That's a real one. They will help you through this. They might even cry with you. That is a real one. A real one is somebody who has your back behind your back because your loyalty should not require my presence. I think I should say that again. Your loyalty should not require my presence. You should be the worst type of person anybody should gossip to. Truly, Christians should be the worst one to gossip to. If somebody comes to you talking about, I heard, and I always wonder, have you ever noticed they say, I heard? You've got to know who told you. They come up, I heard such and such, listen, you need to be the type of individual, they come up and say, hey, listen, I heard such and such said something about such and such. You'd be like, oh, you heard that? Hold on. Hey, Siri, call such and such. Woo. Ooh. okay, hey, you on the line and I'm with such and such and they say they heard something about such and such and we're called to the best of our capability to live at peace with all men. So all of y'all are together. You know what we're going to do right now? Work it out. <laughs> we can going to work it out. That's what all of us going to do right now. We don't have time for drama. We don't have time for dysfunction. Let's work this out. Yeah. A real one. I'm talking about somebody who is likened unto a spiritual spotter. If you go to the gym and you're on a bench press, if you need help, there's somebody called a spotter. And their assignment is to stand over you and to help you lift the weight when you're struggling. To make sure that what you're pushing does not crush you. To help you what you're struggling with, it will not crush you. and When it gets too heavy, they help lift it off of you. I'm talking about a real one. Can I get somebody to say a real one? Yeah. I'm not even tripping. Over the fact when Jesus says, Listen, um, the devil has asked for you. That doesn't even phase me. <laughs> it doesn't even phase me when, when Jesus says, Hey, Simon, the devil has asked, asked for you to sift you as wheat. Because one of the signs that your birth was a problem, here we go, one of the signs that your very existence is a threat. One of the signs that you waking up every single morning causes fear to strike the camp of hell is revealed by continuous enemy contact. Oh, if you want to know if your kingdom, if you want to know if you're making a difference, if you want to know that you're in purpose, if you want to know that you have something on the inside of you that is a threat to the kingdom of darkness, it is revealed by the constant, persistent, relentless attacks by the enemy and distractions sent by him. In other words, when you live a life that gets on the enemy's nerves, he lives a life to get on yours. (laughs) Did you hear what I just said? When you live a life that gets on the enemy's nerves, he makes sure to live a life that gets on yours. And I don't know who I'm speaking to on tonight, but there's something on the inside of you that is so massive, that is so mega, that is so necessary, that is so mighty, that is so powerful, that ever since you were a child, the enemy has been trying to take you out. Who am I talking to on tonight? There is something in you. You may not have discovered it yet, but ever since you were a child, the enemy was trying to make sure that what you carry never walks into maturity. He never wants your oil to walk into maturity, your understanding to walk into maturity, your purpose to walk into maturity. And I stated this before, you have to understand that the enemy sees in the spirit He sees in the spirit realm. And I believe like when Jesus was born, the devil was like, okay, something just happened in the earth. Something just happened in the earth because there's too much attention from heaven on Bethlehem. And I don't know what's going on, but we got angels singing in the sky. We have stars in the sky. We have wise men marching. I don't know where it is, but prophecy told me that a redeemer is going to be born. Prophecy told me that there is going to be somebody who's been born that's going to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I never want that to reach maturity. So I'm going to use Herod to commit genocide. I'm going to use Herod to commit genocide and tell him to kill all male babies that are two years of age or under because I never want that to reach maturity. It's the same thing I believe when Moses was born. The devil was like, okay, there's something happening in the earth. Because there's too much attention from heaven on Egypt. This is the sign that a redeemer has been born. This is the sign that a deliverer has been born. And I don't ever want this thing to walk into its mature version of itself. So I'm going to use Pharaoh to commit genocide. Kill all male babies that are two years of age and under. And I believe a lot of us, you're calling it a birthday, but hell calls it a problem day. Ever since you've been born, there's something in the earth that has shifted since they've been born. There's something in the earth that has changed since they've been born. And I never want that to reach into maturity. I never want that to become powerful. So I'm going to try to kill it before it ever matures. <sighs> See, you got to get this understanding. Some of us, you don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. You don't even have a clue what I'm talking about because we keep making choices that get us in trouble. Uh-oh. Lose my whole man section. We keep making choices that end us up in trouble, right? A lot of us, you are literally behaving your way into seasons. Because when you're born, you look like your parents. But when you die, you look like your choices. And a lot of us, we are behaving our way into storms, but then turning around and cursing God for the rain. I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about something we did when it's you you could trace it back to a decision you made but when it's a demonic assault you don't know what in the world is going on people acting crazy family acting crazy somebody breaking into your house being accused have people lie on you people turning on you because the enemy is just mad because hell lost one Y'all better come get me. The devil is mad because hell lost one. But here's the problem, family. The enemy messed up when he attacked you because he attacked the worshiper. He attacked the worshiper, and we have learned that we fight best on our knees. We fight best when we're in prayer. He hates these type of individuals, and I'm exposing his weakness because when you worship anyway, this is when you have a through-it-all worship life. Uh, through it all worship praise this is when you're like even though i don't understand it even though i don't like it even though it doesn't feel good negative doctor's report after doctor's report layoff after layoff miscarriage after miscarriage injustice after injustice friends that lied on me spouse walked out on me people betrayed me through it all i'm gonna worship because worship changes my focus from the problem to the problem solver the devil has the utmost hatred for you because he cannot stand a through-it-all worshiper. Simon, Simon, the devil has asked for you to sift you as wheat. And that part doesn't even faze me. The part that disturbs me of this whole passage is Jesus' response. But I have prayed for you. What? Okay, (laughs) listen, I'm going to just be real for a second. (laughs) Uh, Lord, Savior, (laughs) Rabbi, um, I don't need you just to pray for me. Well, I appreciate your prayers. You know, I need your prayers. There's something powerful about prayer. But Jesus, um, what I need you to do is stop it. (laughs) That's what I need you to do. Don't just pray for me. Stop it. Block it. Rebuke it. Change it. Reroute it. Be a shield for thou, O oh Lord, or a shield for me. Be my shield. Remember that song I used to sing. Jesus, be a fence. Doom, doom, doom. I need you to do that. Be a fence. Stop this. What do you do when God doesn't stop it, but He allows it? What do you do when God allows something to leave you shook, and you thought? That just because I serve God, he's not going to let these things happen to me. And we have to talk about this. You know why? Because this this overpreached message that I constantly keep hitting about because it personally gets me frustrated. It's your season. It's your time. It's classically conditioning people to not be able to handle when you're shook. To not be able to handle when you suffer. You've been taught how to shout, but you haven't been taught how to be sifted. You've been taught how to dance, but you have not taught how to be tested. And it's almost as if we equate immunity to God's goodness. Did you hear what I just said? We equate immunity to God's goodness. So God is good based on what I don't have to go through. God is good When he keeps me from going through. God is good when he blocks it. God is good when he stops it. God is good when he reroutes it. God is good when he's a fence. God is good when he removes it. But what about is God good when he allows it? The part that troubles me is that Jesus says, I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And I'm sitting here like, um, I think that we have to realize that if we're truly going to live lives, please listen, if we're going to live lives that gives God glory, if we're going to live lives that love Jesus, if we're going to live a life that displays the love of Jesus, and we're trying to do miracles like Jesus, and we're seeking the face of Jesus, and we're trying to be like Jesus, this means we're going to encounter what Jesus encountered. Uh Uh-oh, y'all don't want to talk, okay? So if you're trying to be Christ-like, you're going to experience stuff that Christ experienced himself. So if Jesus encountered devils, you're going to encounter devils. If Jesus was sifted, This means you and I are going to be sifted. I feel like I'm losing my whole amen corner. If Jesus was afflicted, you and I are going to be afflicted because we want to be Christ like. And I think that we have to stop preaching that He's just the God that brings you out. That is not totally incorrect, but it is incomplete. He's also the God that will allow you to go through, He'll allow you to go through. And what do you do when God doesn't remove it? And I think Jesus shows us this picture when he's in the garden of of Gethsemane. He's like, listen, I don't want to do this. If it be possible, take this cup away from me. I know I came here for this, but look, I'm shook right now. And I don't want to surrender right now. But look, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the Bible says he prayed this prayer three times. And I spoke about this earlier in the year. In the midst of Jesus praying, he began to sweat blood. The medical term of this is hermitidrosis. It's when you're experiencing so much agony that it begins to manifest in your body. So I believe while Jesus is praying, he sees his sweat begin to fall. He sees his blood begin to being shed. And I recognize God was answering him. He said, Father, if it be possible... Take this cup away from me. Blood drop. My will is for you to shed your blood. That's my will. My will is even though it's difficult even though you don't like it even though it's something that you wouldn't ask for this is my will and will you surrender to the process or will you resist it and keep landing yourself in recovery season after recovery season because you don't want to surrender and say God have your way I don't like this Jesus surrendered all the way to the cross all the way to the cross dying for all of humanity and he didn't want to do it but his obedience was tied to our deliverance His obedience was tied to our deliverance. And if we're going to be like Christ, our obedience, uh, here we go, our obedience is tied to somebody else's deliverance. Literally, you don't even recognize giving God your yes is tied to breaking someone else's chain. I'm going to say that again. Giving God your yes is tied to breaking somebody else's chain. You would not be watching this right now if I didn't give God my yes back in 2009 when I was confused and I was trying to be like my peers and I was trying to be cool and I was trying to be like everybody else. I surrendered and I said, God, yes. It's not comfortable, but the secular music, I got to end it. It's not comfortable, but the porn has to go. I need you to help me to detox me from this because I have classically conditioned my heart to view women as subjects versus your queens and versus your daughters. God, I need you to purge me. And if I wouldn't have said yes, you wouldn't be watching this message right now. Your yes is tied to somebody else's deliverance. He says Listen. And after you have returned to me, strengthen your brother. 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 This makes me think there's a level of strength that you wouldn't have without being shook. And the reason that you're going through this is so that you can strengthen your brother. Strengthen your brother. Strengthen your brother. You don't even recognize what you're going through is not even about you. What you're going through, the test, the trial, it's not even about you. It's so that you can gather a blueprint and that you can pass it on to people on the side of you and people behind you. Strengthen your brother. Strengthen your brother. After a soldier has been on several tours, he should have learned enough wisdom to pass on to other privates and say, This is what you do when you go through this. This is what you do when it looks like this. See this culture philosophy, this Mike Jones philosophy. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot all on me. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot all on me. That's not kingdom. We have people preaching this mess. If you was not there in my season of struggle, <laughs> don't expect to be there in my season of success. Because back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot all on me. That's not kingdom. Kingdom is, teach me how you got through. If you know the way to success, teach me the skill sets. Give me the keys. Tell me the discipline. Help me to overcome this hardship in my marriage. Can you teach me that? Because what is biblical is elder women, train up the younger women. Elder men, train up the younger men. How did you get through that storm? How did you get through that trial? How did you get through that warfare? How did you get through that loss? How did you get through that betrayal? How did you get through that pain? How did you get through that addiction? How did you get through that hurt? How did you get through that trauma? How did you get through that drama? How did you get through? That's kingdom. When you're able to share with others, this is how you get through, not back then, didn't want me. (laughs) God is looking for us sometimes to go through, to help others get through. Did you hear what I just said? He said, listen, when you return to me, strengthen your brother. So this makes me think, there's a level of strength. There's a level of strength that you don't have right now. But after you shook and after you go through this, you're going to have so much strength that now you can tell your brothers how to get through this. See, it's one thing where you can carry you, but what you're about to go through is going to help you carry others. Ah, no saint left behind. He's saying, listen, the reason... That you're going through this is so that you can get strength to help them and go through that. What's kingdom is to leave a legacy for your children. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. Our children, our friends, and people around us should never have to deal with our unfinished business. The only way that they deal with the same uncircumcised Philistine is due to their rebellion, not due to our lack of fighting. Strengthen your brother. And I began to think about this. This means it's gonna be a fight. I'm not sitting up here lying. It's gonna be a fight for you to not give up. It's gonna be a fight for you to not dig up and doubt what you planted in faith. That's gonna be a fight. It's going to be a fight for you to believe and for you to know that in the midst of your turbulence, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your storm, that you have an all-sufficient Savior that's right there through all the mess with you. And he won't just be there, but he'll beckon for you to come out of the boat. He'll beckon for you to come out on the boat and walk on the turbulent waters with him so that he, you could see that you are a water walker. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to look at all the waves around you, all the turbulence around you instead of the altitude. Did you hear what I just said? He wants you to look at the turbulence, not the altitude, because turbulence is only given to those who are flying. And this is just irrefutable evidence God is taking you somewhere. This is just irrefutable evidence that you're climbing to another altitude. I'm taking you to another realm, and it's going to get turbulent when you take off. This doesn't mean quit. This just means you're going to have to fight. Fight. You're going to have to war. You're going to have to believe and you're going to have to know that God remembers you. When God says he remembers you, that literally means A, I remember my promises about you. I remember the plans I have for you. I remember your name. I know they may not know your name, but I know your name. And I remember what I've called you to be. That's what I mean when I say I remember you. And when he says he remembers you, this means the devil tries to dismember you. But God is going to remember you. He's going to Put it all back, all the joy, all the fulfillment, all the passion, all the hope, all the zeal, because He is a God who remembers. But you have to surrender. Can I get somebody to say surrender? And I begin to think about that. Out of all the things He says, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. He didn't say that your platform won't fail. That your business won't fail, that your influence won't fail, that your money won't fail. He says, I've prayed that your faith won't fail because God knows if you have the right faith, you can get all that back. The devil can't stand a crazy, hard headed, sold out, radical individual who has unwavering faith. Because this, listen, please get this the devil never hits what he wants. Woo! The devil never hits what he wants. If he hits your car, that's not what he wants. If he hits your marriage, he don't want your spouse either. If he hits your money, he don't want that either. If he hits your career, he doesn't want that either. What he wants is your faith, and he's trying to see, is there faith in any of these things, their marriage, their finances, their resources, their influence and notoriety, so that's what he hits, but God knows if you have unwavering faith, he could hit that, but he's not taking this. And as long as I got this, I can Get all of that back. Yeah. He's after your faith. And I begin to think about this. I'm like, hmm, he's after your faith. He's after your faith. He says, listen, the devil has asked for you to sift you as wheat. If you don't know what sift means, it is the past tense of the word sifted. The Hebrew root word for sifted is nuah, Nuwa. N-U-W-A, Nua. So if we put this in proper perspective, it makes me think the devil is stupid. Because the word sift means to shake, to toss, to move back and forth. Okay, so let's put this in proper perspective. He's saying, Simon, the devil has asked for you to shake you. Somebody say shook. He's asked to shake you. He's asked to toss you back and forth. He's asked to throw you up, but this is why the devil is so stupid. Somebody say he's stupid. This is why the devil is so stupid, because in the process of sifting wheat, there's something that gets on the wheat that's called chaff, and the devil many times doesn't recognize that when you want the chaff to fall off, you beat it. And you have to shake it because there's some stuff on the wheat that's not supposed to be there. So when God allows you to be shaken, when God allows you to be tossed, when God allows you to go through something, it's because that petty is going to fall off. That insecurity is going to fall off. That doubt is going to fall off. That worry is going to fall off. So I'm not going to stop it because you pray for me to take away your fear. I'm not going to stop it because you pray for me to take away your doubt. And how am I going to do that? I'm allowing you to be shake him i'm allowing you to be tossed back and forth because all that doubt all that insecurity it falls off in the process of being sifted oh now it makes sense you have to understand when you want to separate the wheat from the tear they used to have this wheat and they would beat it and they would throw it up in the air and the wind would blow the chaff away Oh, I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus says the wind, the spirit is like the wind. It goes to and fro. And I think sometimes the reason we have to pray is because we want heaven's wind. We want the wind of heaven to blow on us. Blow away my insecurity. Blow away my doubts. Blow away my rejection issues. Blow away my trust issues. Blow away my abandonments. Blow away all the doubt in my heart, oh God. Wind blow, 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 whatever's in me that is not supposed to be here God sift me and blow 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 because I want to be resourceful I want to be useful I want to be a kingdom agent I want to be a kingdom ambassador blow 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 the sifting is for our benefit this changes everything This changes everything. He's saying, Simon, the devil has asked for you to sift you, but he's stupid because he doesn't recognize you being sifted is going to make you stronger. You being sifted is going to make you wiser. You being sifted, there's some stuff that is only going to fall off through this sifting. And this is going to allow the wind of heaven to blow all of that doubt off, blow all of that insecurity off, because the sifting is for our benefit. God, this is good. So I'm like, man, he said, have faith. And I'm thinking about the text. The text says, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed. Can we put this image on the screen? I want you guys to see this. Look at this. He says, if you got faith like that, you can move mountains. And it blows my mind because I'm like, man, he's just saying, if you have this little itsy bitsy spider climbed up the water spout thy faith. If you have this little itsy bitsy amount of faith, With that, I can move a mountain. And I'm like, my God, if he could move a mountain, if I have just that amount of faith, what can he do? If I have gigantic faith, what can he do if I have colossal faith? What can he do if I have football field size faith? What can he do if I have crazy faith? What can he do if I have radical faith? What can he do if I have powerful faith? If he could do that with a mustard seed, imagine what he could do when you have radical faith. So why does God allow for us to be shaken? Why does God allow for you and I to be shook? Point number one, simple development. Development. I don't know if you like me, but there's some stuff like you just couldn't get away with. You might have been able to get away with it, but Jerry couldn't get away with it. Every single time I tried something, I would get caught. Something would happen. It would just come out because God wouldn't allow me to get away with it. Please listen. God will not allow you to get away with certain things because he's looking for an authentic vessel. And the sign that he shepherds you is he uses his rod and his staff consistently. Don't believe the lies. Like just because you experience trouble does not mean that God is not there. It could be he's trying to teach you something. God knows who he who he could trust with trauma. God knows who he could trust with trauma. He knows you're gonna write about this, and it's gonna be a New York bestseller. You're gonna tell somebody else your testimony and you're gonna cause a revival in your community. God knows who to trust with trauma. So sometimes he allows you to go through so that you can get to. It's gonna help you develop. You're gonna have to forgive. What they did to you, you're going to have to forgive, but please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Forgiveness does not mean rekindle. Forgiveness does not always mean reentry, but you're going to have to forgive so that you can let that bitterness go. Because all bitterness is, is you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You know what the best type of revenge is? Growth. (laughs) that's the best type of revenge I don't look the same the way you left me this is why I believe Joseph's brothers could not recognize him but he could recognize them because when God is on my side I'm constantly growing this is why gossip is so foolish because whatever you heard about me is probably outdated information because I evolve and I grow on the regular grow somebody say development The last reason, the second reason, excuse me, that God allows us to be shaken is because you're carrying something. You're carrying something. See, there was this conversation, right? I overheard it. I don't know if y'all believe it, but I overheard it. There was this conversation that this dog was having with this elephant, right? And this dog walked up to the elephant, and they both were pregnant. They got pregnant at the same time, and they began to talk about their babies and stuff. And then about two months later, the dog had his puppies, right? A few months go by. The dog gets pregnant again, and he has some more puppies. The dog nurses the puppies, go hang out with his friend the elephant again, and the dog gets pregnant again, and he has puppies. So now the dog rolled up and said, hey, uh, (laughs) I don't mean to be shady, (laughs) but uh, are you sure you're pregnant? (laughs) Um, Because I had like over like nearly a dozen puppies, and you haven't had nothing. And the elephant said, well, I think it's because when you give birth, Your baby's yappity-yap. But when I give birth, the whole jungle shakes. See, you have to understand this. When God has you going through a process, depending on how mighty it is, depending on how powerful it is, it's going to take longer. For a dog to have puppies, it takes 63 days. But for an elephant to give birth, it takes 22 months. It's because of what's on the inside of you. Can we, can we, I want to show you this elephant. Look at this. Look at this elephant. This elephant in itself, its baby is bigger than the dog. (laughs) It's bigger than most dogs. And we have a lot of people saying, I thought you were doing this. I thought you said that you were going to do that. I thought you believed God was going to do this. Where is that? I just thought it was going to happen. And you need to be like, listen, this must mean what is on the inside of me. This must mean what I'm carrying. This must mean what God is going to do. This must mean what I need to become It's so powerful that God has to take his time. I'm not carrying puppies. I'm carrying a king. I'm not carrying puppies. I'm carrying something that's going to change the earth. I'm not carrying puppies. I'm carrying a game changer. Somebody say, I'm carrying something. The third reason on why God allows us to be shook is for your character. There's still too much petty there. You still feel the need to clap back in the comment section. See, a lot of us want the blessing, but we can't handle the dirty side of it. The criticism, the persecution. And so God's like, okay, I need you to be sifted um, so that you could learn that my approval is better than their endorsement. And I need you to be so affirmed by me so that when they're rejected, when you're rejected by them, you'll never question me. Did you hear what I just said? I need you so confirmed in me. So that when you're doing what I have you to do and they reject you, you'll never question me because you're never doing it for them. You're doing it for me. And I need you to have character to where if the world boos, but heaven applause, you feel good because you recognize for you to conduct the orchestra, the crowd has to get your back. And I'm so focused on what God has called me to do. I don't really care what y'all say because I'm focused on my assignment and the crowd has to get my back. And as long as I'm doing my assignment, it don't matter if y'all boo. As long as I'm doing my assignment, it doesn't matter if y'all don't like me. As long as I'm doing my assignment, it doesn't matter if y'all hate me because I have got heaven's approval. God has my back, and I promise you, your hands are too small for God's arms. <laughs> he wants you to grow. I want you to see this, okay? Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Look, it says, and not only that, but we also glory and tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. I believe Paul had to get to a place to where he said, we glory in tribulation. So like this stuff we're going through with coronavirus and all this stuff, Paul would have been like, we get glory in this. Like this atmosphere is ripe for us to give God glory. This helps us persevere. And I begin to ask myself, how in the world do you go from giving glory to persevering, to having character, to having hope? And then I think as I begin to ponder on this, Paul was saying, I persevere because last time I persevered, God came through. And now it formulated a character in me that every time I go through tribulation, I can give him glory because the last time I persevered through this, he came through clutch. And the last time I persevered through this, he came through clutch. And the last time I persevered through that, he came through clutch. And so now I have a character, God always going to come through. God always going to show out. God's always going to have His way. It might not look good, but I have hope. Yeah. Are you seeing this? I have hope because I give glory and tribulations, which cause me to persevere, which caused for me to have character, and now I have hope. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have hope. And number four, the reason God allows us to be shaken is exposure. What if I told you there's some stuff in you that you didn't know what, that you didn't know was in you until you were shaken, until you were shaken. You didn't know that you were still that carnal until that person cut you off on 45 and bleep, 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 came in your thoughts. It may not have came out your mouth, but it came in your thoughts. And every now and then, kind of like a beaker that has dirt at the bottom, when we think that we've been filtered enough, when we think that we're clean enough, I believe the Lord allows something to shake us and say, there's still stuff in there. You see that? It's not gone. I love you. I ain't judging. I'm just showing you. We still got to work on that. Yeah, no, it's not really out. Now, we can get it out because I can shake you some more because you prayed for me to help you with anger. So what am I going to do? I'm going to shake that. Or you can see I I need to learn some control. You're not going to learn anger management through avoidance. No. i allow this to happen. It's not to cause sin in you, but it's just to show you I'm exposing. There's still some stuff in you. (laughs) Can I get somebody to say, it's still, it's still there. Some of us, if you be real, like, look, I know my other side is still there. Listen, I don't even have the front. You can, look, I will pray for you, but then on the wrong day, you can catch these hands. Yeah. <laughs> Last point, number five, for others, for others. To me, the bad boy disciple, the one who was cutting people's ears off, the one who denied even knowing Jesus once Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven Peter became the man that powerful apostle Paul was the man too but Peter was the man he wasn't even scared he was standing before people and be like man who we gonna listen to you who we gonna listen to we gotta obey God more than we obey you and I believe when he said Simon Simon, the devil has asked for you to leave you shook, to toss you back and forth. And when you have returned to me, meaning once you get it together, because you won't get hit, but you know where I am. Once you return to me, strengthen your brother. This is for others. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. What if you're going through this? For other people, and I just wanted to challenge you on tonight. Where is your level of surrender? And why not try surrender? Take your hands off the wheel, embrace it. The discomfort, don't try to run from it, embrace it. Because possibly there's something on the inside of you that God's trying to show you is still there. And He knows after you're shaken, you're going to be more powerful, you're going to be stronger. You have to go through the sifting. God, we thank you for this word. And we pray, oh God, give us the level of surrender to embrace the sifting. Because if you let us go through it, you're going to let us get through it. And God, we trust you because we saw in your word that if we can give you glory and tribulation, it gives us perseverance, which will create in us character, which gives us a hope. A hope that you always will hear us. A hope that you'll never leave us. I hope that you'll always work things together for the good of those who love the Lord. God, we give you our surrender. We honor you and help us to have a through-it-all worship life. In Jesus' name, amen.